the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Folks, welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show. It's the show about everything, and we do mean everything. Yes, even that. Yep, that too. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely that. Now, here's everything that you want in a host, Eric Metaxas. Folks, welcome to the program. I have exciting news. My guest is John Zmirak. John Zmirak, welcome to the program. Thanks, Eric. I actually have a fun, uh, fun column to talk about today. Uh, it's, got, it's got a little quiz, and I figure out. I'm, well, I, I think I know what, how you're going to answer it. I'm going to ask you the questions on the quiz, and you can reflect on how some of the people you've known over the years who've stopped speaking to you at various points in time because of your public stances, how they would answer these questions. The the articles at Stream.org. It's called Regime Christians. Regime Christians. That's the term we uh, that's coming that's coming to be used for people who cut and trim their faith to fit whatever Caesar and Mammon think is acceptable. Those are regime Christians. They're like the patriotic church in China. They're like the the churches that collaborated with the government in Nazi Germany. So regime Christians are Sadducees who don't care if their children live free. Um, So I'm just going to ask you a few of the the questions from the quiz. A quiz. I'm nervous, but go ahead. Okay, which is more important to you? And think these carefully through. A, keeping your hands squeaky clean, associating with sophisticated and prestigious people, and steering far clear of any threat of persecution. Or B, helping your neighbors, fellow citizens, and fellow believers in a time of vicious hatred for our faith. How do you think Russell Moore and David French would answer those questions? I uh, I can tell you my answer will be B, and it is B. Uh, and you yeah, I'm afraid actually, you care what actually happens to other people. That's fascinating. Well, that's but see, that's what I, I mean. Again, this gets to where we are in America. There are a lot of people that have skipped ahead to how does how do I look? What does it look like I'm doing versus what am I actually doing? And in order to do that, you have to forget God. Because God sees what you're actually doing. You can't fool God. You can fool people on social media. You can fool uh, people in your church by by uh, virtue signaling, but you don't fool God. God actually sees what you're doing. Right. With God, you're basically asking, do these 300 pounds make me look fat? <laughs> yeah, I mean, w- that question, um, w- you know, again, we're living at a time where people— Rather than actually thinking, okay, if I vote for that guy, 
what will the policies be that follows? Instead of that, because the, the policies will affect poor people, will affect marginalized people, will affect, you know, uh, my neighbors, will affect unborn everybody. Unborn children, the religious liberty of my grandchildren. I mean, the point is that the policies of whom we elect will affect everyone. So if you don't care about that, you're a fool because God commands us to love our neighbors. But there are people who say, like, no, I don't actually care about the people that will be affected by evil policies. I'm not even going to think about that. I'm going to think about what does it look like if I vote for that guy or that guy or well, that woman? Or where, it, Does it make me look cool? Does it make me look hip? Does it make me uh, look appealing to the young people whose opinions I crave? What does will, it make me look like? Will pulling the lever for Donald Trump give me orange cooties that even the doctor cannot get rid of? I tell you. Uh, it is. It's an unbelievable thing. That Let's we're go to the next time. So that's the first question, next right? Question. Okay. Next question, sir. Which incentive prevails in your decisions about living your faith in the public square? A. Offering a witness to the powers that be, which hate the church, that you are harmless, docile, and in no way threatening to them. Or B. Doing whatever it takes within the moral law, if not current bourgeois norms, to guarantee that your children and their children will be free to live out their faith. John, that was good enough that I'm going to ask you to read the whole thing again. Folks, sure. listen carefully. This is good. Which incentive prevails in your decisions about living your faith in the public square? A, offering a witness to the powers that be, which hate the church, that you're harmless, docile, and in no way threatening to them. Or B, doing whatever it takes within the moral law, but not current bourgeois norms, to guarantee that your children and their children will be free to live out their faith. Well, obviously it's B and you're, you're leading the witness by the way you ask the questions, but it's kind of funny because again, this is where we are exactly what you said. Uh, it, it's, is it about optics or is it about reality? And there are people, again, it's, it's, this is bad theology, but it's, it's, it's found its way into the Christian church, which is one of the reasons why, we made the film Letter to the American Church. Go to the website, lettertheamericanchurch.com. But basically that uh, I ought to somehow be inoffensive. Like that's the number one thing that God wants of me is that I wouldn't offend my neighbors or I wouldn't be a stumbling block to them. Right. We know Jesus was obsessed with that. Whenever he talked to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and Pilate and Herod, he was the epitome of tact. He was a rip. He was a witty courtier. He told them jokes. He did little miracles for them. He always tried to tickle their ears with exactly what they wanted to hear, which is why they elected him president of Palestine. Yes, and he's still exactly. Today, two thousand years later, it's the longest-lasting <laughs> government on earth. It's as President Jesus. He never ages. He's super popular. He's kind of like Obama. He's clean. He's articulate. You know, he's. <laughs> that's to, to, many people listening to this don't even get that reference. Joe Biden, I will never forget this. Joe Biden referring to Obama. Now, this is way back uh, in 2008 or maybe 2007. I don't know. But when when uh, Hillary Clinton was thinking, I'm the next president and Obama comes in and the Democrats are really struggling now. And when when Joe Biden called him, what did he say? I mean, it's just classic racist stuff it's actual racist stuff but he's he said he's clean and well-spoken parentheses you know not like the other blacks he's different <laughs> i mean honestly it was an amazing moment that joe biden said it that way and he's gotten he got away with it of course he got away with it but I sorry go ahead 
for a Greek, you are clean and articulate too. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So let's let's move on to the next question. Um, when you see your fellow Christian act in ways that strike you as too aggressive and bold, which of these two reactions do you have? Again, you see Christians doing things that really do strike you as too aggressive and too bold. Legitimately, that's your feeling. Is your our react? Your, you have two possible reactions: a fear, disgust, and an immediate desire to signal to everyone you know, especially prestigious and powerful people, non-believers, you are no way associated with these dangerous people. Or if you experience b dismay that these zealous people might suffer unjustly for their imprudent actions, a certain admiration for their good intentions. And most importantly, a nagging fear that they might be right and you might be wrong. John, I got to tell you, uh, you um, you've always been just extraordinarily brave and outspoken. And I say this by way of confession to you and to my audience. I remember being uh, um, among those who was afraid to be associated, whether it would be with you or with other people that were outspoken, kind of like. I, I really didn't want, uh, you know, the cool crowd to think less of me. I this remember is, that. I want to. I want to confess that because but this was if somebody's college. guilty of that. But uh, this was then, in college. You weren't even drinking age at the time. To be fair to you, you know what? Listen, I, I will. I will say this. Not entirely. In other words, after I had become a Christian, uh, I still, you know, my worldview wasn't straightened out immediately, and there was a long time where people who would be uh, politically outspoken uh, in, uh, you know, in, and I, I wasn't sure what to think, but I still had that residue, that residual sense that I don't want to be associated with, with Rush Limbaugh or Glenn Beck or John Zmirak because they're toxic. It wasn't because their ideas were wrong. It was because they were perceived by many as being toxic. They were perceived by many as, as going too far as being strident. And I, I remember what that felt like. And, and, and I, I say that just because I know there are people out there, I know what they're feeling and it's our job to help them understand, listen, folks, the hour is late. You, you got to get over that. You got to stop that. And you got to think logically. And that's of course what your questions, John are, are, are designed uh, to do. We're going to go to a break here. We've got John for the whole hour. Um, you can read him at the stream, uh, stream.org, stream.org. And do not forget, folks, please go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com. Uh, we want this film to go big, lettertotheamericanchurch.com. We need your help. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Glenn and the team have been great supporters of this show, which is why I am proud to partner with them. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military, veterans, and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, keep your phone, or upgrade. Their team will help you find the best plan for your needs. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash metaxas, patriotmobile.com slash metaxas, or call 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use the offer code metaxas. Join me. Make the switch today. That's patriotmobile.com slash metaxas. 
Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in real gold and silver online. In a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped to your door. You have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time anytime. You'll see transparent pricing on each coin and bar. This puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. Gold hedges against inflation and against a volatile stock market. A true diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. This new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with a few clicks. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. You're going to love this free new tool they've added, Legacy pminvestments.com legacypminvestments.com check it out one stores away welcome back We're talking to John Zmirak John uh you're reading questions and they're all designed beautifully to help people think logically or to force people to think logically because isn't that at the the heart of what you're you're getting at here there are people who it's all about perception and it has nothing to do with logic because, you know, the idea of being winsome, there's nothing wrong with being winsome, being at peace with all men where possible. The scripture says where possible. So there comes a time when it's not possible. Yeah, Are you willing sure. to acknowledge that there's a time when it's not possible to be winsome and you have to not be so winsome? There were times when Jesus was not so winsome. It doesn't mean he was a maniac 24-7, but there were times when the situation called for him to not be winsome, same with John the Baptist, and he wasn't. If Jesus wasn't winsome, uh, perhaps we ought sometimes not to be winsome. Can you imagine Peter going to the synagogue after Pentecost and talking to the people about, you know, I got a videotape of Schindler's List. Uh, I love bagels. Um, we have a lot in common. You know, you guys win a lot of Nobel Prizes and not mentioning Jesus at all. Well, let's not forget Peter was actually Jewish. I know. Yes, that, was I know. Part, that was part of the joke there. Oh, all right. Was, uh, <laughs> layers uh, upon layers. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's too too many layers, too many layers. Too clever by half, the collected writings of John Zmirak. All right, so yes. let's, let's go to the next question. When you see that your take on a political question with moral implications lines up on the same side as the deep state, major media, prestigious universities, and the entire political establishment. You say, wow, I'm lined up with Facebook and, and the FBI and Google and Yale and NPR. Is your, your reaction to that, A, a deep-seated sense of relief, a warm, fuzzy glow of safety, and a little thrill of superiority compared to the crackpot extremist low prestige dissenters from that elite consensus. Is that how it makes you feel? Or B, do you feel a real concern that you might be following Mammon's breadcrumb trail, taking your cues from the world and not the church, and a respect, even if grudging, for those who are suffering for their convictions? Uh, th these are all too easy. Uh, I, I have to say, though, that, you're, you know, again, you're getting at what matters. Uh, and I have to say that this idea that, cr again, Christians, it's why I wrote a letter to the American church. You know, you, you get this idea that something crept into the church over time, that it's about being liked. It's about uh, being winsome. And we've made an idol 
of being winsome. So it's, it doesn't mean we're not supposed to be winsome. It doesn't mean we're not supposed to be at peace with all men, as I said. But, but if you make an idol of it, there's going to become a crucial time when God calls you not to be winsome, not to be liked by the elites. And in that moment, you will fail. You will fail in the very moment. It's all a question of who is, you can't be literally at peace with all men because they're not at peace with each other. So which group are you going to side with? Are you going to side with the powerful, the comfortable, the wealthy, the influential, the respectable, and the prestigious? Or are you going to side with the courageous, the passionate, the concerned, the zealous, the gospel-driven? It's a very straightforward choice. Well, let, let's go. The, the, this is a great thing for people to think about when, you know, they consider their reactions. So like the COVID persecutions, you know, um, do I want to be on the same side as wacky people are getting thrown off of YouTube and doctors who are losing their licenses? Or do I want to be on the same side as Francis Collins, who's a Christian scientist, has a great prestigious job at the National Institutes of Health? That's the kind of person I want to be. I want to live in the kind of houses that those people live in. I want my kids to go to school with their kids. I don't want them to go to school with kids whose parents go to NASCAR rallies and have Confederate flags and drive beat up pickup trucks. Why would you, would Jesus really want that for me? I don't Jesus, think so. Would Jesus drive a monster truck? Um, honestly, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think that, you know, there, there are, I, there are people in the church, John. You, you realize that they are genuinely confused. They're, they're yeah. looking around, and I think. And what I'm trying to do is wake them up to the fact that each of us is driven by fall, our fallen human nature, and one of the drives in there is to be to fit in, to 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 not be the sheep who gets pulled out of the flock and slaughtered. One of those one of those drives is to get along with the people around us, and that's good up to a point. But if you realize that you are one of the gathering swine and you're galloping over a cliff, at some point you have to be willing to turn around and walk against the tide because the tide is going over the cliff. And is this one of those moments? Well, here we are. It's, it's funny. In my, I think it was my first book uh, that I ever wrote, which was 2005. It was called uh, Everything I Always Wanted to Know About God But We're Afraid to Ask. Wonderful uh, I think- book, I blurbed uh, you were What's small that? enough at the time that a blurb for me would help you. <laughs> I, I don't, it's so long ago, but in that book, um, I write, there's a little vignette and, and I'm, I remember when I was taking the train into the city from New Canaan, Connecticut, when I first married and I had a job uh, in advertising at gray advertising, which was absolutely miserable. But I remember there was a guy, uh, I'd walk past him, he'd be on Park Avenue, and he was like an Old Testament prophet. Uh, He looked crazy, and he truly was crazy, and he was, you know, preaching like somebody out of, you know, a Woody Allen movie version of religious fanatic nutcase. No grace, uh, just, just miserable. And I thought to myself, it was such a caricature, but here it was. And I realized this guy is driving people away from God. Right. But what's interesting is because he's talking about Jesus, but he's making the whole thing seem so horrible. It was just horrible. But I thought to myself then that, that this guy's driving people away from God. But now you realize taking this guy as, you know, 
you, the only play, the only way you can go wrong. Right. Uh, and then you go into the opposite camp where I want people to like me and I don't want to say anything controversial and I don't want to, da, 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 which is what you're talking about. But th this has really become the false gospel of the modern evangelical church. I'm sorry to say it, but it's 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 become uh, like doctrine. It's like right. a doctrine. What is the one time that it's OK to yell fire in a crowded theater? Exactly. When it's when they're, on fire. When it's actually on fire. That's and, right. And when we're surrounded by people shouting, there's no fire, there's no fire, while their clothes are burning off their bodies. Everything's fine. It's just climate change. That's why you feel heat, the heat. It's because of climate change. Now, if we want to talk about regime Christians, the one who should win the little golden golden pile of 30 pieces, the, the pile of 30 pieces of silver this week is Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma. I don't know how much time we have in this segment, but I've got a new piece. We, piece. we have time. Go ahead. Okay. It's called Poor Senator Lankford Trapped in the Witch's Castle in Frozen Narnia, His Face Smeared with Turkish Delight. Now, I, I got to say, I didn't know Lankford... Um was all wet. I thought of him as a, as a good guy until what just happened. So tell my audience Senator what Langford, Senator Langford just did. He is a, he is a longtime pro-life Christian. He's a minister in one of, one of those, one of many churches out there. Um, he also apparently is in hock to Scott, Mc, to, to, to Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell picked Langford as the public face of this immigration deal that the Senate cobbled together with the Democrats. It is a surrender on the level of what the Japanese signed on a board ship to General MacArthur in 1945. It basically throws holy water over and baptizes everything the Biden gang has done in opening the border. It, it makes immigration law worse than it is now. The laws Biden won't even enforce now, it weakens them. It's John, let me, I got to ask you parenthetically, this is sort of a hypothetical question or rhetoric. Uh, I, I guess... How is it possible, other than that he is an evil monster, that Mitch McConnell could be behind a bill like this? I mean, is there any way oh. that we can at least try to see oh. how he could be behind this, except for being simply evil and wanting to destroy America? Can you can you help no. me there? No. The, he, it's, Mitch McConnell is part of a group of people who are loyal to their social class. They live in gated neighborhoods. To them, immigrants mean more nannies to raise their entitled children, more gardeners to mow their manicured lawns, and they don't care what happens to the rest of us. It's like there was a great Vincent Price movie from the 60s, The Mask of the Red Death, based on an Edgar Allan Poe story. And it's a, it's a nobleman in the Renaissance. The plague is ravishing the countryside around. So what he does is he gathers all his nobles, all his friends, and locks them into the castle and locks everyone else out in order that let the peasants all die outside. We are safe in here. Mitch McConnell is Vincent Price in The Mask of the Red Death. So Peter Lankford sells out his country, opens the borders, weaken, wants to weaken immigration law. Want, wants to create massive new waves of illegal immigration, reward all the people who've already snuck across our borders, expand the bureaucracy that welcomes these people and gives them free health care and free transportation and lets them on planes without ID. Not, we don't have any of these things. He wants to do all of this, maybe because in his mind, he's got some really stupid reading of 
Welcome, the strangers. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna come right back. We're gonna come right back, Uh, folks. uh, This is important. Don't go away. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful at lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Just the other night, I was asked that question. Well, the owners of Relief Factor tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and I agree with them. And the doctors who formulated Relief Factor for them selected the four best ingredients, yes, 100% drug-free ingredients, and each one of them helps your body deal with inflammation. Each of the four ingredients deals with inflammation from a different metabolic pathway. That's the point. So approaching from four different angles may be why so many people find such wonderful relief. If you've got back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or just getting older, you should order the three-week quick start discounted to only $19.95 to see if it'll work for you. It has worked for about 70% of the half a million people who've tried it and have ordered more. I'm one of them. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief to find out about this offer. Feel the difference. Hey, this is Eric Metaxas. For years, I've told you about Nutramedics, a professional supplement brand trusted by doctors since 1993. Nutramedics offers a variety of health bundles. Whether you want to support your immune system, improve your sleep, promote joint comfort or detoxification support, Nutramedics has a health bundle right for you. The best part about Nutramedics, every year they donate a minimum of 50% of their profits to Christian charities and missions. That's right, 50% of their profits. Nutramedics has a goal of surpassing 100 million in giving by 2030. Many of you take supplements already. Switch to Nutramedics. It's the highest quality and they donate 50% of their profits. Get 15% off by using the code ERIC during checkout. Go to Nutramedics.com and search health bundles. Support your health while helping others in need. Go to Nutramedics, that's N-U-T-R-A-M-E-D-I-X.com, Nutramedics.com. Use the code ERIC for 15% off. Again, Nutramedics, N-U-T-R-A-M-E-D-I-X.com, Nutramedics.com. Use the code ERIC for 15% off. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back. Talking to John Smirak. John, you just uh, said that Senator Langford now, by God's grace, it looks like this bill is going nowhere. Like uh, uh, Speaker Johnson happily uh, did the right thing and and that this is dead on arrival in the House. So it's not going to get out of the Senate. But the idea that Langford, who is a Christian, a sincere Christian from the most conservative state in the union, this is like a senator from California introducing a bill to ban pornography. That's how crazy this is. So what do you think is going on with Langford? Because again, these people, you can be- 
He is part of the tribe of Squish Christians. There's a lot of money floating around. If you want to, if you want a massive grant for your for your campaign, or if you you're hoping to get an endowed professorship after you leave the Senate, the money and the power and the prestige is all behind Open Borders. George Soros pours money into groups that Russell Moore is associated with, all designed to selectively proof text the Bible to convince you that it's it, it's immoral to have borders. Not for Ch Japan, they can have borders. China can have borders. Turkey can have borders. But America can't have borders. And it just happens. It's so convenient that the gospel of Jesus Christ happens to fit in with everything that George Soros and Klaus Schwab and the billionaire billionaire agri billion dollar agriculture companies that they all want. Isn't it convenient that Jesus just happens to be 100% behind Punch's Pilot? Who'd have thought? So in my piece at the stream, I compare Blankford to the character of Peter, of Edmund in, in, the, in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, who sells out Aslan, sells out Narnia because the witch offers him some Turkish delight and he's got it smeared all over his face. Um, should, should we forgive Senator Langford for doing this? And my answer is yes, even though in the book, Aslan has to die to save Edmund because of Edmund's sin. We should forgive Senator Langford, but he needs to get out of politics. He can maybe run a Bible study at a small local church, but nobody who makes a decision this treasonous, this horrendous, has any place in public office. And I think we need to, I need to remind people, if you're for open borders, you're not pro-life. Let me repeat that. If you are for open borders, you are not pro-life. And let me explain why. In the 19th century, the, the abolitionists were fighting to keep new slave states from being added to the union because that would keep slavery going forever. Aboli if you're an abolitionist, and you want to admit slave states, you're not an abolitionist. Well, every year we import a new pro-abortion state across the southern border. We, we, we bring in enough voters to flip a red state blue. Those voters are going to vote pro-abortion for one, two, maybe three generations. So if you actually care what happens to unborn babies, you won't want un open borders. Now, if you don't care what actually happens to unborn babies, but you just want to say, I'm pro-life, and you don't care what actually happens to unborn babies, then you can be for open borders. You can say, we must welcome the immigrant like we welcome the unborn, but you're just a lying hypocrite or you're an idiot. So I'm, I'm willing to give these people the credit that they're too smart to actually believe this, that they're just malicious and corrupt. That's my, because I have faith in them. That's my, my, my charitable reading is that nobody who's able to eat without injuring himself is stupid enough to believe that importing a million pro-abortion voters every year is somehow pro-life. I, I don't think they're that stupid. I have too much faith in mankind. That's a, it's a beautiful connection to say that uh, if you're for open borders, you're for killing the unborn. That is practically the case. So folks, you can say, no, no, I'm not, I'm not. Oh, well, you are, because that's what will ensue. And this gets to what you've been talking about uh, during this whole hour, John, is that we have to deal with reality. We have to deal with when you vote for this person or that person, what will the effect be? 
or, or what might the effect be or what is it likely that the effect will be? And so when people pretend as though, no, no, that doesn't matter. I'm voting because, you know, God looks on my heart. Well, no, it doesn't work that way, folks. There were lots of Germans who justified supporting the Nazis because, oh, it's not that I don't like the Jews, but the Nazis are good on communism. And they're good on on fighting pornography. They're good on revive, restoring the German nation. And, you know, OK, so they want to kill all the Jews. But that's not why I'm voting for them. My heart is pure. Yeah. Good luck with that on Judgment Day, pal. Well, that's basically where we are. And you have people listen, tons of people. Uh, go to churches. Uh, this is why I, I, I uh, keep talking about the film letter to the American church. If you're going to a church that turns a blind eye to what we're discussing right now, folks, you're, you've become part of the problem. Maybe you don't want to be part of the problem, but you are genuinely part of the problem if you are supporting uh, in any way, not just financially, but a church that says, you know what, we don't care about this. We're not going to talk about that. You are unwittingly but nonetheless genuinely supporting wicked policies that are going to harm people. If you care about immigrants, if you care about the stranger, if you care about the unborn, if you care about anyone, we're commanded to love our neighbors. But if you do want to love your neighbors, but you don't, you go to a church that doesn't address this stuff, you're actually not loving your neighbors. And God sees that. And I I think, John, um, we have to go to break here, but This is really at the heart of where we are, and there are many otherwise good people that have been confused, and we want to unconfuse you. Uh, Before we go to the break, let me remind you, we need your help this week uh, to launch the film Letter to the American Church. Please go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com. Do whatever you can. Uh, You can give financially. You can buy a DVD. uh, You can sign your church up for a free screening. You can uh, share it on social media, but we we hope you'll help us. Uh, This is the launch week. It's really important, and it's central uh, to what we talk about on this program uh, more often than not. Lettertotheamericanchurch.com. Mike Lindell and MyPillow employees want to thank my listeners for all your continued support. To thank you, they're having an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use promo code ERIC and you get free shipping for the entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived and won't last long. Get six-pack towel sets for only $29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers, 100% made in the USA on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels that actually absorb dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, and so much more to get the best specials ever. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code ERIC, Again, MyPillow.com. Use promo code ERIC. Remember, you get free shipping on your entire order. You can call 800-978-3057, 800-978-3057. Use promo code ERIC. This is Dennis Prager. I am excited to announce the all-new PragerTopia Plus. You can listen to my show whenever it's convenient for you, all commercial-free and all on demand. Now with Prager Plus, search topics, guests, and segments all the way back to 2010. 
And now, a truly exciting new benefit. My monthly online video get-together for PragerTopia Plus members only. This is where, for an hour each month, PragerTopia Plus members get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. That's right, anything. It's on video. I'll be talking to you and answering your questions. We may even have a special guest every now and then. I've never done this. Submit your questions for me at PragerTopia.com. This is only available to PragerTopia Plus members. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Welcome back. Talking to John Zamirak. It's spelled with a Z. Z M I R A K. John Zamirak. John Zamirak. You wrote a piece, beautiful piece at Stream.org. What is the title of this piece? Elon Omar, model American. Elon Omar, model American. I am here okay. Unironically, to praise Elon Omar for her religious zeal and her patriotism. I only have one small criticism. Her religious zeal is for Islam, and her patriotism is for Somalia. But, but, and that this was revealed in a speech she made to a Somali audience speaking, I don't know what language they speak in Somalia, sorry, uh, but it was translated, and she said, I am in Congress to look out for the first best interests of Somalia and Somalians, Somalia first. And I thought, well, she's just off by one thing. She, If she were saying that about America and Americans, that would be fantastic, and it would make her much better than the most of the Republicans in the Senate. They are not for Americans and America first. They are not for the actual people living currently in America, the people who will be born here in the future, and they don't care about our ancestors. They don't care about our culture, our traditions, or even really our system of government. Starting in the 90s, what took over among conservatives was called neoconservatism, it's an ideology which says that America as a concrete existing country doesn't matter. And how the people live here doesn't matter. What matters is the ideology that we have distilled from the Declaration of Independence. We want to create an American-style mass, secular mass democracy everywhere on Earth. George W. Bush, in his infamous second inaugural speech, said that every human being on the face of the earth, wants the same freedoms and the same political system we have. And it's our job as Americans to help give it to them, if need be, by force. And that's how we got 20 years of trying to turn Afghanistan into Switzerland. That's how we got the Iraq war based on lies about so-called weapons of mass destruction, a war that caused a genocide of the Christians in Iraq, which Bush did nothing to stop, Though he could have stopped it with a wave, with a stroke of a pen, he did nothing to stop the ethnic. Well, by the way, why do you think he did nothing to stop he that if he could have stopped it with them. a stroke of a pen? He, he didn't care about them any more than he cared about Americans. He doesn't care about other people. Okay, he it's just, hard for me to think that ill of George W. Bush. In other words, I, I know he got a lot wrong, but I guess I'm surprised. He's a I, I wonder if bad there was a. I, I guess I'm a just wondering. Bad group of people. They are a tribe. They only care about other people who fly international business class. They are citizens of international business class, and their loyalty is to other people 
who fly in Gulf Streams and international business class who live in gated communities and have nannies and gardeners. They are like the French aristocrats in 1788, dressing up as shepherds. He didn't have anybody around him uh, who could advise him correctly on this. He was surrounded by Rumsfeld, Cheney, and uh, and that gang. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no. My point is, these people were loyal to an ideology, a globalist ideology of revolution, and what they were doing was they were imitating the Soviets. The Soviet Union didn't care about Russians, Russia, how people lived in Russia, the Russia's tradition didn't care about any of that. Russia was just a vehicle for spreading this revolutionary ideology. These neocons did the same thing with America. And I have a long essay that I wrote in January 2003 called America the Abstraction. Look it up. The America the Abstraction was at Pat Buchanan's magazine. And I, in it, I predicted that the whole neocon thing would end in total disaster, catastrophe, tears, and ruin. And everybody said I was nuts. This was January 2003. We were about to invade Iraq. Karl Rove wrote a book, The Permanent Republican Majority. It was total flag-waving, tub-thumping. America rules, Team, Team America World Police. And the only people against the Iraq War were radical leftists and Pat Buchanan and me and a couple of other dismal old cranks who kept saying, you know, I don't think this is going to work. I I think if you ride that bike over the cliff, you're going to land pretty hard. And they all said, oh, you're anti-American. You're unpatriotic. You don't love America. No, we love the real America, the soldiers who went to fight, the the families who left left behind. We also love the Christians of Iraq who we knew were going to be subjected to genocide. And indeed they were. But I, I warned against it in December 2002. I said, there's going to be a genocide of the Christians in Iraq. You know who really hates George Bush? Christians from Iraq. You should talk to them sometime. The Secret Service really better keep Iraqi Christians away from George W. Bush because he is the reason they ended up, their churches being blown up, living in shipping containers because the Muslims controlled the refugee camps and wouldn't even let the Christians into the refugee camps. That's what George W. Bush flag-waving, Bible-thumping Christian Republican delivered for the Christians in Iraq. I remember, John, having lunch with you. We had just gotten to know each other again uh, around this time. I remember having lunch with you and you basically giving me this view. And I was utterly flummoxed because I thought, wait a minute, I I don't know any conservatives that have this view. I'm I'm completely confused. And I was confused. And now, of course, I'm ashamed that I didn't understand it. You were lied to by the president of the United States and by Colin Powell and the by C- many people that I trusted, by by, by many conservatives. Uh, it's I, I want to go back. We've just got a minute here, but when you talk about his second inaugural, I remember the blowback that he got from this speech, where he's basically saying that you know we w- most people in the world want American style self government and freedoms, and to some extent I agree with that. In other words, I think that most people don't get that or don't really want that, but I do think that. In a perfect world, which it's not, you 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 would want every country to become like America, self-governing. But we ourselves have lost the ability to govern ourselves. It it needs to be uh, something that is is part of who you are, part of your education. George so loves, that George Bush loves democracy so much that when the January sixth protesters who wanted an honest election were sent to prison. 
George Bush said they were just as bad as the terrorists on 9-11. That's how go. much George Bush loves democracy. Well, that's I mean, th that's what's so hard is that in, in the last few years we have seen and this is a, a result of Trump. It's not Trump's intention. This is a, a result of just who Trump is. It just kind of made us see what we were dealing with all along. We never knew it. We were going along with them. At least I was. Many uh, conservatives were. Christians were. And uh, so it's um, Trump was just the barium in the enema that showed up the cancer. You took the words out of my mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, John Zmirek. John, my friend, thank you so much. Thank you. Make like a Mr. Big, they dig a hero. You've got to sound your A the day you're born. Wow, what, what a day. My gosh. John Zmirak, David Engelhart. Uh, folks, if you're, uh, if you're looking for the headlines, the headline is that uh, Letter to the American Church has been launched. You can now see it. Uh, we want it to launch big. So uh, if you haven't already done so, please now uh, go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com. Check out the website. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. Uh, there are people say, you know, what do I do? You want me to see the film? What it, yes, we want you to see the film, but we want you to do, if you go to letteroftheamericanchurch.com, you can actually see, we have a list of things you can do, uh, a list of, you know, action points, because this is not just about watching a film. This is, this is about becoming part of a movement uh, to awaken the American church. By the grace of God, we still have a little time uh, to rise to the occasion. If we don't, it's over, and we will be hanging our heads in shame forever uh, as America goes under the waves. That's what happened to Germany. We know the story. Uh, if you don't know the story, you can read my Bonhoeffer book to read what happened there, the failure of the church. Uh, you can read my book, Letter to the American Church. Uh, which is much more specific and much shorter on the subject. But that's the story of what happened in Germany. And the point is, the reason we've launched this film, Letter to the American Church, is to help wake up the church. And there are going to be many churches that are just not interested. And I always say, if you're going to a church that's not interested in waking up to where we are and to what God's will is us for us now, I, I don't know why you're going to that church. I'm sorry to be so um, sharp on that issue, but I, I, I feel like I have no choice. So uh, a lot of people will come. watch the, 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 uh, the film and they'll want to do some It's very much a film that was made deliberately shorter and more fast paced to kind of energize the viewer and not waste their time. And at the end, you're going to want to get up and do something. So, you know, you can sign your church up for screenings. You can buy a study guide with the book to have, you know, a study group with it. And uh, it's that that has some practical. I mean, things that's you can one do. thing I, I, I hope yeah. people will do is if you get the book or you already have the book, if you get the study guide letter to the American church, um, you you'll want to do something. I mean, if you're studying this in a small group, you, you will, as a small group, say, what can we do? And I actually think that that's kind of the way this works. When you're talking with people, uh, you will together uh, come up with a plan of here's what we can do in our community. Here's what we can do in our church. That's that is kind of the goal. So letter to the American is the website. Please check it out. 
Uh, before I forget, and share it too. I was going to say, get the word out. Share it if you liked it. Well, that's go, the, that's go really ahead the and tell people. Thing. Share it on social media. Uh, I also want to say because I'm here in Seattle and I'm about to do uh, some Socrates in the studio events. I, I want to say again, the Socrates Plus stuff. Just go to SocratesInTheCity.com. But it, it is just exciting to see it grow and grow and grow and grow. There is so much at Socrates uh, Plus. Uh, I want to encourage folks to to join that. It's a community. It, it really is. The content is growing and growing. It's it's uh, it's it's very exciting. We're going to shoot in Philadelphia next week. Um, uh, oh, I don't want to forget to mention our sponsor, Mike Lindell. If you go to mypillow.com or mystore.com, please use the code Eric to support this program and please support our friend Mike Lindell. Mypillow.com, mystore.com. All my books, including Letter to the American Church can be bought at mystore.com, mystore.com. Use the code ERIC. Some of the prices are very good. You'll see when you go to mystore.com, if you want to buy my books, uh, Seven Men, Seven Women, the prices are are excellent. If you use the code ERIC, you get a big discount. But Letter to the American Church, the book, is now available at mystore.com. So mypillow.com, mystore.com. Use the code ERIC. Uh, Be a part of what God is doing. God bless you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.